This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The on-the-field story of 2020 in the National Women's Soccer League has undoubtedly been the Houston Dash, and they've been led by a new core of players that have revitalized the team, led it to a 2020 National Women's Soccer League Challenge Cup title, and a really promising future by the looks of it from the Challenge Cup and the Fall Series performances. And I'm joined on this Kicking Back podcast by Christy Mewis, midfielder for the Houston Dash, who is one of the biggest reasons that the Dash have looked so good this year, and it has earned her a call-up to the U.S. Women's National Team, which she previously played for the national team. Uh, last cap was six years ago, in 2014. Uh, so she joins me to, to talk about her journey, um, you know, the years in between, her journey through the league, which included a lot of trades and, and different teams and uh, different moments, inflection points for her and, and points of reflection too. And it's a really cool conversation with Christy, um, just about where she's at, what she's looking forward to, and, and maybe how you know her her recent past has shaped her. So, um, looking forward to this. We brought you a conversation with Shay Groom a little bit earlier in the year on this podcast, talking about Houston and her first year there. Um, Christy Mew has been there a few years, and this is really the stop with the dash has been the place that uh, has really turned her career around and and back in camp with the U.S. national team. So, no, no international games on the calendar at the moment but obviously a, a big step and, and as she says in this podcast I'm just looking forward to you know uh, just looking forward to being back in camp and, and taking it one step at a time so um, yeah g- glad to bring you this conversation and go ahead and please rate and review this podcast subscribe to it so you don't miss any we've got several already recorded coming up right after this uh, really interesting conversations as well and I'm sure you're not going to want to those either. So um, without further ado, here is the latest episode of Kicking Back with U.S. national team midfielder and Houston Dash midfielder Christy Mewis. Jeff Kasuf here on the Kicking Back podcast, joined by Christy Mewis, Houston Dash midfielder. Um, Christy, thanks for joining me. Um, we've of got, course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We've, we've got the big news of the, the hour of the moment, I guess, um, for you back in, in U.S. national team camp. Um, how, how pumped are you that that you're headed into camp with the U.S. again? Yeah, um, I mean, it feels really good. Uh, it's It's been a minute for sure. I, I took a little nap there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels so good. I obviously haven't been there in so long. So um, I'm obviously a little bit nervous, but uh, I'm just super excited. Uh, you were at the December ID camp last year, which is, I guess, a little bit different, you know, th- in some ways, at least they were, you know, had a different name, I guess. Um, and this is a bit more of a, a f- closer to a full team camp, I guess. Um, you know, your, your last cap in, in for the U.S. 2014, six years ago. I mean, we're kind of joking, you know, it's been a long, it's been a, t- a while, of, you know, on the journey. Um, I mean, what's that journey been like 
you know, for you, um, have you kind of reflected yet? Is that maybe something you, you do when you get to Colorado? Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I think it's been a long journey for sure. I mean, it's obviously, I, I think just from moments that I've shared with, um, with some other players and stuff too, like it's so hard, um, mentally to kind of get let go with the national team. So, I mean, I was with them for quite a while. I was with them for like three years. I started with Pia um, and I was young and I just felt like I didn't really have like a position there. Like I kind of got thrown around a lot. Um, so that was obviously tough, but I mean, I didn't really care because I was in with them and, you know, training with the best girls in the world. Um, so when you get let go from a situation like that, it's obviously you, you lose a lot of confidence. Um, you know, there's a good chunk of time where I felt bad for myself. Um, and then I just kind of struggled to, uh, to kind of like just gain back who I was as a player. Um, and then I feel like kind of white, right when I started hitting my groove with Houston, I obviously had the the knee injury and that was just, it was such a setback mentally and physically just because I felt like I didn't really take soccer for granted. Um, so when something like that happened, I, I was just like devastated and I just, I felt like I had just finally started to find myself again. Um, so yeah, that was a major setback. And then it took me, I think it took me like a little bit longer to kind of get in my groove again. And I just knew right when, right when I did my knee, I was like, this is going to be it for me. Like, this is a turning point. Like I, I'm going to make this the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I feel like I say that all the time in every interview and stuff, but it honestly is true. Like I, after I got surgery, I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be the best Christy Mewis there ever was. Um, so that's obviously still my journey right now. Like I just want to, I want to, you know, hit the peak of my career. I want to, be the best player as I can possibly be. I want to be like a, I want to be like a light to all the other younger players. Like I want everyone to look up to me and I just want to leave my mark on this game as best I can. Um, sorry, I just went really deep there. No, for, like I just went on like a major <laughs> rant, but I guess that's just like overall how I feel about it. No, no, no rant at all. I mean, touch on some, some good <laughs> points, obviously. I mean, I think what, um, I mean, what do you think changed for you at that moment that, that maybe just clicked when you had that ACL injury in 2018? Um, I don't know. Like I was just, I, I was just kind of like sick of just being mediocre. Like I felt like I had so much, I felt like I had so much more to give, but for some reason I couldn't get in the mental and physical space to get there. And I was just like, what am I doing? Like I'm in the middle of my career, like who knows how many more years I have left. I mean, I hope I have, you know, five more years left in me or more, but um, I was just kind of like, I looked at myself and I was like, what are you doing? Like figure figure it out. Like, this is your career. This is what you love so much. Um, like, let's just fire it up right now. And <laughs> I guess that's just like kind of what I did. And that was my, that was like my mentality going into, uh, you know, the recovery process with the knee and stuff. Mm-hmm. No need to censor yourself. We can go you know, <laughs> okay. Sp- Spotify or Apple. They won't yell at us. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because I think, you know, I, I've, I've had these conversations with, you know, I feel like even back to WPS where players, you know, the, the national team, I mean, 
whether you're American or, or what, you know, whatever national team you aspire to is kind of that ultimate goal for, you know, for everybody. Um, and, you know, everybody along that journey maybe comes to some kind of reckoning of, you know, players who just realize it's not going to happen or, you know, in, you know, you talked about being away from it for a while. Um, and, you know, it goes different directions for players. Some players say, all right, you know, this is not going to happen and, and it's time to look for something else. Some are content to just play, pro ball which is obviously still you know the one percent or or fewer of of everybody playing anyway um so what did you do you know in that stretch was that kind of putting some of that behind you and just focusing on nwsl is that kind of what you were doing those years yeah um i think there was kind of like a little segment in there where um i didn't see it for myself anymore but i also like i'm kind of mad at that christy because I feel like once I got cut from the national team when I was a little bit younger, I I almost like lied to myself and I just pretended like I was okay with just playing professional soccer. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I like that is like so cool if, you know, people just are so happy with playing professional soccer. I mean, it's amazing. But I think for me, I I'm definitely like mad at that Christy now that she was thinking that way. And I think it was kind of like, it was, it was the, it was easy for me to think that way. So I was just like, oh yeah, like, it's fine. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get by and like, it's whatever. And then I, I think I just like woke up one morning, you know, after doing my knee and I was like, like I said before, like, let's do this. Like I, this isn't actually what I want. Like you've been lying to yourself for, you know, two years now. Like let's, let's like actually chase your dreams again I think that I kind of just lost my way a little bit there mm -hmm. and I mean the U.S. is a team that um, I think traditionally well the last two World Cups was the oldest team at each World Cup and you know players uh, I'm sure you've heard the comparison you know like Jess McDonald who came on I think our first cap or Zerboni as well McCall Zerboni I mean both of them I think their first cap was 30 30 ish of yeah. course I don't have that yeah. on me but um <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be your first cap, but it, it, you know, I guess goes to show just that it doesn't age isn't necessarily a, a factor here. Is that kind of what you've been telling yourself? Yeah. Um, I think so just because I do see, like, I just feel like some of the older players like in the league and on the national team, like some of the older players are just, they're so wise. They've established themselves. They, have hit the peak of their career when they were a little bit older. So, you know, why can't I do that too? Regardless if like I, if I like ever get actually back in with the national team and stuff, I don't, I don't get why I couldn't be the best player I've ever been at 30, at 31, at 32. I don't see why I couldn't do it if they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've seen a lot of that from, from a lot of players, um, especially on the, the U S in these past couple world cups that, 30 and, and beyond. So, um, what, um, well, you, you mentioned earlier in the, the career and certainly with the national team when you were in there with, um, with Pia and Tom Sermani and, and not necessarily knowing kind of where, you know, maybe you fit in positionally. Um, do you have any expectations or ideas in terms of, you know, where you might fit now? Is that something you still need to kind of hope to figure out? Yeah, I think I I think I have established myself as a midfielder. Like I do think that that's where I belong. Um I I've played left back before. 
I've like stepped into center back before I've been, I, I feel like I've just played kind of everywhere. Um, but I do think that my best position is somewhere in the midfield. Um, I did play left back for Vlatko uh, my first year in Kansas city. And then it, at the identification camp, I played left, left back there, which was like a little bit of a shock just cause like I hadn't played there in a while. So I think I was a little bit rusty, um, but I, I do hope that Blacko sees me as a midfielder and I hope I, I play there um, in this upcoming camp, but I mean, I'll play anywhere to, you know, get on that team, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I completely forgot about the center back days. Was that with Washington? Where was that? No, it was, it was like a stint in, um, I just, I, I don't even know, like I might've played there, uh, just for like half a game or something like that. But Vera from Houston put me there a couple times. So like, I feel like I've just kind of gone full circle with like every position. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I forgot. That's yeah. I'm, I'm vaguely remembering like the team sheet and, and Houston usually for some reason doesn't put out like a lineup in a shape. that's just listed. Oh there. yeah. It was like, yeah, we're is trying that, to trick everybody. Is that an error that Christy Mewis is at center back, or you, you? I don't know if you were thinking the same thing when the team, <laughs> the team whiteboard went up, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Houston, I think is is obviously worth you know uh, a lot of uh, attention here, and and is you know where you've been thriving uh, this year and and previously um, since since arriving. I mean, obviously the the knee injury, as you mentioned, but. Um, you know, I spoke with Shay Groom on this pod earlier in the year, and she was talking about a lot of Dash players felt like they had something to prove in Houston, and they had been in different spots in the league, and um, you know, maybe weren't given a a fair shake, or the you know, they weren't in the right position, whatever it might have been. Um, you've been in Houston a little bit longer now, but um, you know, do, do you does that hold true for you as well? Are you seeing that in this group as it's come together to? to win a challenge cup. And I mean, obviously look, you know, equally good in this fall series. Yeah. I think uh, James, our coach obviously has just made the culture so much better. I think it was a struggle for my first couple of years in Houston to find a good match um, between coach and players. And I think that James has, fi James has finally built a squad that he uh, truly believes in and is just, you know, good people. Like we just have good people everywhere. Um, I don't think I've ever been on a team that is this in sync and um, such a, such a sense of togetherness. I, I feel that every single day when I go in. Um, so I think James just did a really good job and like finally got the squad where he wants it to be. And that has inevitably made us, you know, successful. I mean, I feel like Houston hasn't been this successful in a while. I mean, we obviously have a long way to go, you know, like the challenge cup was amazing and we did pretty well in the fall series, but I just think that we still have so much more to prove. Um, and I do think that we have good people to do it with. And um, I mean, that, that challenge cup, uh, you all won in style. Um, I hope you got a sweet endorsement deal from Budweiser from that iconic photo. I don't know if they were... <laughs> They were in touch or what? Not yet. I'm still waiting. I, I'm sure they tried to contact me. I just, I just haven't heard from them yet. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to get them connected. But, um, well, I mean, you said in that post game too. I think you know something to the degree of, it just feels nice to to win something. Um, I mean, what what did that trophy feel like for you? You know, weird year or not? It was it was so special. I mean, I. 
I feel like, you know, every professional athlete has won something before, you know, like they've won a national championship with their college. They won something like with the youth national team. Um, I hadn't really won anything since like state cup when I was 12. So yes, of course I count that, but I haven't really had anything significant that I've won um, in my professional career. So it was just super special. Um, and it's just like, you forget how good it feels to just be on top and win. And I just haven't had that, um, in a really long time. So like, I just felt, I felt so awesome and just, it was so much fun and so, so good to see my team and the organization and everyone happy. And I just felt really proud to be a part of it. I have full respect for state cup wins. I, uh, I, <laughs> I've got like Ryder cup medals hanging. Cause that's, that's about as far as, as I went there on that. So, or the most that I won as well. So, um, yeah, full respect to, to state cups. Um, <laughs> well, you've, I mean, Houston is, is destination, um, six, I think for you, which I'm sure you don't love being reminded of, but you know, you said yeah. you started in Kansas city with Lotko, um, you know, the trade to Seattle, which was, you know, then to Boston. But I, I mean, I want to ask you the 2017, which I'm sure you probably remember well with playing for Washington, they trade you to Chicago. And then a week later, Chicago trades you to Houston. And that's how you arrive, arrive here. And in between there, you played a game and scored a goal for the Red Stars, which I think is like a, an incredible kind of week just to observe. I can't imagine <laughs> what it was like to, to be in it. I, I mean, what's going through your mind when you get traded? twice in a week like that and and I guess theoretically you were in plans because they played you and you you know I mean that's is that like you take that in stride as part of the business or is that you know does that affect you yeah I try not to I mean it definitely it definitely affected me at the time but like I'm not I, I do know it is a business and I did know that there was like a potential chance that I could get triple traded so I did know that I could have left Chicago. Um, but I think there was just kind of like a communication issue that um, like I thought one thing and I think everyone thought one thing, but then the other thing that like wasn't supposed to happen happened. So it was obviously a shock. You, you can't help but get like a little bit embarrassed too, because you feel like you kind of aren't really valued and you're just getting thrown around for other bigger things. Um, so you do kind of get a little bit embarrassed and you do get upset because you just don't really feel valued. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was such a small part of my career and I don't really even care about it anymore, to be honest. It, it, it affected me for like a week or two, but I mean, it's honestly like, I'll never talk about it again. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's fine and it happened and I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that it did happen because I was obviously able to come to Houston and be a part of this organization that's just slowly growing. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave that in the past then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean like, I didn't mean like, I don't, I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I just meant like, it's fine. Like it happens, you know, it's yeah. happened to, it's not just me. Like it's happened to so many girls, I feel like. And it's just, it's hard to deal with at the time, but I think you kind of just get past it. Yeah. It, it's a, a very chaotic league. Um, and I feel like, especially on things like draft day where some, some wild stuff has happened in, in past years. Yeah, um, exactly. Which, yeah. I don't know if, if players are like, just want to get through draft day and make sure they don't get a call from anybody or what, but 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a stressful day for everybody just because you you never know what can happen in this league. Um, and it is a business. So it is hard to think about like, you know, one phone call could change everything for your future, but it's fine. We're all here to play soccer. That's, that's what we love. And that's what we all bond over. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you arrive in Houston after, you know, that little sequence that we're talking about and, and obviously the, the success this year that's followed. Um, and particularly, I mean, the, the challenge cup, I think was exceptional. I think it was cool to see that, um, you all as a as a unit as you know a team uh, carried that over into the fall series with some exciting games I mean some big wins it's a weird year I know for every team and roster but like some big wins against North Carolina obviously for you the the triple assist goal game uh, to end it out here which I'm sure must have felt uh, pretty good um, but what you know, I've heard you said just earlier here, and I've heard it a lot of like feeling valued in Houston. What's the setup like? I mean, I imagine it speaks to to James and the staff, but what kind of gives you that feeling in Houston that that maybe wasn't necessarily there elsewhere? I just think it's um, there's like a really nice uh, sense of soccer community here. Um, I feel like you know the fans just love us so much and. They're so loyal. They're so, you know, encouraging. I mean, we haven't been the the greatest team in the past and they've stuck by us. Um, Being partnered with the Dynamo is amazing. Like they all support us. They all follow us. Um, And going to their games is so fun. The facilities are amazing and they're just only going to get better. Um, I just feel like kind of a sense of community here and, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think that I felt it at any of my other teams, um, which is, it's fine. And, but I also think like the league is going in the right direction now where I think the first couple of years of my career, like the league was trying to take off. Um, it was harder to like kind of build that sense of community, but just immediately when I got to Houston, I felt it. And I was like, I, I was just so excited because I could tell that I was going to be a part of something special. And, and y'all are having fun. Have you embraced y'all as a Boston? Like, is that? Canadian? No, I refuse. <laughs> I, I refuse to put that in my vocabulary. Like, I just can't. I, I hate it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have embraced it. I mean, I'm, I'm not Boston, but Northeast uh, origins, I guess. And I mean, yeah. it's a good, like, gender neutral, all encompassing, you know, it's just it's, yeah. it's a little bit <laughs> yeah. awkward, I guess, with a certain accent, but I've tried to say it once or twice and I was like, ew, Christy, like, don't ever say that again. <laughs> that was so gross. <laughs> it, I just don't think it sounds good coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I would say uh, you all are having a lot of fun too, it seems like, the dash. I mean, is it has it been like, has it felt like that on the inside that it's just been like a fun year? Yeah, I think so. Just because like every day I go into the locker room or every day at practice, um, you know, the weight room, like we just, we have so much fun together. Um, every team has their like little problems. I mean, of course, like this year has just been so crazy and we've like ran into just a couple of issues that like, I mean, it's fine. Every team has them, but there is just such a sense of like love in the air with us. I know that sounds so, um, like stupid, I guess, but I just, I love going in there every day and seeing everyone and we all just get along so well. And um, we do have so much fun together. So every day, every day there's something to laugh about and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Is there a, 
I mean, I don't know, not a cliche question of like funniest teammates or anything, but what's uh, what's some of the the scoop on like how you guys are keeping it keeping it fun in the locker room or just in a weird year, I guess, like you said. Yeah, I um, I don't. It's just always like people are just always like cracking funny jokes on the field. Like James, James can have a laugh. Like he's he's obviously taking it so seriously, but like he can have a laugh about pretty much anything. Um, so it's nice to have a coach who, you know, you can crack like a, a joke to, and he'll like die laughing, like he'll cackle laughing. And, um, you know, if one of us like messes up or like does something really bad or trips over the ball, like we can all just kind of like stop and laugh and it's okay. Um, like no one, no one takes themselves too seriously on the team. And I, I think that's like a really good quality to have. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's probably particularly helpful in this this year of um, you had the bubble in in Utah, um, which I guess we're still having to remind people in the outer world that the NWSL did the bubble thing first. Um, I, I know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you had, you had the bubble there, which I think a lot of players talked about. Kind of, you know, just the mental health aspect of being in basically a hotel for six weeks or whatever it might have been. I mean, you were there till the end, obviously winning the final. Um, you know, now you have the fall series. I guess there's a little bit more freedom, but probably comes with the the anxiety of like you can't do anything with that freedom without feeling, you know, I guess like everybody in the world, like should I go to the grocery store? Um, <laughs> yeah. What's it been like just to try to operate as like a pro athlete in this this kind of a an era? Uh, it's it's hard, but I do think that you kind of have to remember that a lot of people have it harder than you. Um, there, there are so many days where I'm just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I want it to be over. Um, but then I do try to remind myself that every day I get to go to practice and I get to play soccer with my best friends. Um, and yeah, it's, it sucks when like you can't, you know, really have like a true, true social life. Like you want to go to restaurants, you want to go get coffee, you want to just like be normal, like you want to be around normal people, like you just want it to go back to the way it was. Um, so it is like sad and frustrating that that part of your life is kind of put on hold right now. But I do think that there is just so many worse things like I'm, I'm so lucky to still be able to do what I love every single day. And I just always have to remember that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I want to ask you, you know, I guess this is audio for, for the most part for folks, you're wearing Black Lives Matter shirt. I mean, it's been an important year, obviously, um, you know, off the field. And, and I think the NWSL has done a lot off the field. Um, what, I mean, probably a lot that you could talk about, but what, you know, were those conversations like, and, and what was it like to kind of, um, you know, with, I guess with part of leading the way on a getting back on the field front, the league was the first one back to, to have a platform. Um, you know, what was that like to, to go through and how do you feel like that, you know, went and, and maybe what the, I guess even next steps might be that, that you all are talking about in Houston. Yeah. I mean, well, first off it was, it was obviously just so, so hard to deal with. Um, you know, the black women on my team really struggled for a while as I'm sure, you know, a lot of them did throughout the league. So it was hard to watch them hurt so bad. Um, and it also, I felt terrible because I, it's not that I like, it's not that I didn't know, but I just obviously wasn't educated like I should be. Um, so you do feel a sense of, 
of guilt as to like how you could be so kind of dumb and naive as to what they go through every single day. Um, so I just, I mean, we just tried to support them as best we could. We still are doing, you know, whatever we can to help them. Um, we're, we're going to try to couple, we're going to try to organize a couple events and a couple things. Um, hopefully next year, it's just obviously been really difficult with, you know, COVID trying to, you know, do something where we could involve other people and like have other people around and stuff. Um, but it was just, it, it, it still is terrible and it's so sad. And I, I feel for the players and everybody who's, you know, just still struggling to, um, kind of just like deal with this but um I, I do think that we are obviously taking steps in the right direction to make it better and I'm obviously going to do everything in my power to uh use my platform and you know help the girls on my team and help the girls in the league so that we can get to get to a better place mm -hmm. yeah I know the um a lot of teams with the uh, community shield you know the the reward I guess being that um, there's a, a business or charity that they're playing for. A lot of them were black owned businesses and um, which is, it's cool to see. I mean, the, the, the concept as well, just kind of the community shield, I thought was something maybe the NWSL could even carry over into to future years as a, as a concept of uh, playing for something else. I mean, did you, I, I don't know how much you all kind of, I think some teams were maybe more involved than others for players in terms of selecting the, the business in that, but I don't know if that, did that feel like it added anything for, for you, for the team to be playing for, you know, cause it was a, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, maybe you wouldn't agree as a player, but it was like, I don't know how we should treat these games. They're not, you know, a season, they're not playoffs, but there was something on the line in that sense of, of playing for a business. Did, did you think about that at all or? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, it was, it, it was very important for us to, to do as well as we could and to try to win that because I think all of us, you know, would have loved to be able to give to a charity of our choice. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, Portland, they did really well in the fall series too. They ended up winning. So it's fine. And I'm sure that they'll, I'm not sure if they've chosen um, somewhere yet, but I'm sure that they'll choose a great charity. And um, we did, we did the best we could. We just, we kind of, we just should have won that first game, but um, it's yeah. okay. I'm sure, I'm sure like it was, it was so great to try to play for that. It was really special. And I think the league did a really good job with that. Yeah. I think you, I mean, again, I think you guys get the, uh, the fun award for, for those courage games alone for uh, how, those, <laughs> how those games went. Um, well, I, I want to ask you about uh, briefly about a couple stops on your, your journey that probably get overlooked and, and maybe, you know, weren't, totally essential to it but I mean you stopped you played in Japan briefly in Germany briefly uh Bayern Munich in, in Germany um you know that gets lost on your resume but what did you you know what did you take from those experiences I I do I do cherish those um those moments so much in my career to be honest like I I'm so proud that I was able to do those and I mean I hope I can you know maybe play overseas somewhere again I just think that I like learned so much about the culture but also like the soccer culture of the place too like I feel like I took away so much from playing in Japan 
like we would play 5v2 I keep saying like I'm so sorry <laughs> it's like I have a problem with it um we would play 5v2 and if you got stuck in the middle you were in there the entire time and it was they are just so technical and the way that they played um just the tactical game it was so different the same in Germany where um the tactics were different the physicality was different so I just feel like I added so much to my career and my knowledge and my wisdom in soccer to be able to have those experiences. Um, so I honestly cherish them so much and I'm so happy that I was able to do it. Yeah, I think, I mean, a few players have played in Japan um, and there was obviously that that trip in that between year when WPS stopped where Sky Blue or some version of it went to Japan. And I think that sort of brought about some opportunities for a few players um, to go over there permanently. Bevianes, I know, jumps out. Um, but, uh, well, and, and in Germany, you played some Champions League ball, which I think is always, you know, something uh, that you can't get here, certainly, and that players talk about wanting to get over there. Um, and you said, you were mentioning to me before, you got some Oktoberfest, the, the true version in Germany. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing in Champions League was awesome. I mean... I don't think we did very well from what I remember. I think we had two games and we ended up losing, but we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, I still have the Jersey. It was so, so special. Oh my God. I was like so excited that I got to play in champions league, even though it was short lived. Um, and then Oktoberfest was such a joke. I mean, it was so fun. Um, I've just never seen anything like that before. I think I, I forget how old I was when I was in Germany, but I just had never ever experienced anything like that. And, you know, we got all dressed up in like the drindles, like those little dresses. And it was, we just had the time of our lives. It was honestly so much fun. That but, was, I think it's like one of my favorite things I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. That's a, a much bigger party than anything in Boston or anywhere else. I'm guessing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what, uh, I mean, what's, you know, the, the year ahead, I guess, I mean, hopefully, I guess, like everybody, you know, hopefully something normal or close to it kind of returns for, for next season. Um, you know, you're in this camp, this U.S. camp. Um, there's no, there's no international games, obviously, which is, I guess, a slight bummer. I still need to try to, I'm going to, whoever I can ask to try to do a, uh, to stream a game, an inter-squad scrimmage. Um, oh yeah <laughs> I will continue to to beat that drum but um you know your sister Sam obviously has been in in with the team um I imagine you know at some point it'd be nice it's is it something you've talked about to both have the U.S. jersey on at the same time and in a, at least a camp or a game yeah I mean I we we have talked about it for sure uh just because I think it would be so special like after all these years that we would be able to do it again um so yeah I mean that would be really special but uh you know I have I would have a long way to go to get there I obviously um it's it's hard to, it, sometimes it's hard to talk about the national team just because like I I'm not quite there yet like I want to be and I think I can be it's just about um you know kind of like breaking in again and I mean just being there like these players are so elite like I know that playing professional soccer is good, but the national team is just like a completely different level. And I do think that I am capable of it, but it's, I don't want to take anything away from them, like how incredible they are. Um, so yes, but back to your question, I, 
I would absolutely love that if that if I was fortunate enough to be able to wear the jersey with Sam again. Mm-hmm. It is it is such a bummer that you know that like my first camp back and she won't be able to be there. Um, so it's a bummer, but I mean I just kind of have to you know crush it and hope that um, I'm fortunate enough to get a call back at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that probably leads into the, just the last thing I want to ask you, which, you know, kind of what, um, what, what's your hope for maybe the year ahead club and country or just in general terms of, of, you know, your career. This next year, um, this next year personally, you know, I mean, I obviously just want to continue to keep getting better and better. Um, I just, I just feel like at this point, like there's no, there's no stopping me. Like I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best player I can be, um, have the best year, be the best role model. Um, I just want to like leave everything out there as a player. Um, and yes, I mean, of course I would love to be able to break back in with the national team. Um, but it's, it's obviously super difficult and they are so, so good, but, um, I'm going to do whatever I can to be as successful as I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, for the dash, there's, there's a hope to uh, kind of do a, I don't know, maybe a second thing to prove that you can do it for a full season rather than a, you know, a cup type of thing. Yeah, I think we, I think it, it honestly worked out perfectly because we, I think people are looking at us a little bit different now. Um, and I do think that we have a lot to prove next year. So even even just with these last couple of days of practice, like we all just still feel so energized and so happy. And I think we're just like all so, so excited about next year so that we can continue to prove everybody wrong. Well, there you go. That's uh, I, I, the theme this year has been uh, not the same old dash, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the new look dash and, and obviously uh, led, you know, in, in a big way by you. So um, Christy Mewis, thanks for joining me on, on Kicking Back here. Thanks Jeff for having me. You've been listening to Kickin' Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that, the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer. Keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest. Fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.